Life from the Well is sponsored by Scratch Distillery. Located in Edmonds, Washington, Scratch Distillery crafts delicious spirits from scratch. Every batch is made by hand from local non-GMO organic grains. Head on over to Edmonds and taste the natural, delicious flavors for yourself. If you have an itch for a cocktail, go scratch it. Hi guys, and welcome to Life from the Well. My name is Joey, and I'll be your bartender and host. This is the podcast that brings you behind-the-scenes service industry stories and in-depth cocktail profiles. Thank you for joining us, and enjoy the show. This episode from Life from the Well is served handcrafted by Barfly Mixology Gear, a line of essential tools for mixologists. Life from the Well. And joining us today, just a dude, Josh Fulmer. Josh, welcome to the show, man. Thank you so much, Troy. Heck yeah. Um, I say just a dude, but but uh, according to your resume here, you do have some experience in the service industry. Um, you've slung some beers here and there. And let's start there because this is kind of, we, we like to start in the service industry here and then you can bounce all over the place. Let's actually, before that, let's start with the shot. Cheers. <laughs> Uh Christ. <laughs> Cheers, y'all. Thank you. Mm-hmm. See, we talk about it beforehand, so I don't forget. Yeah, it happens, right? Yeah, so my, my background on the service injury, not the current topic for the start. Yeah. Give us your give us your um your your resume, so to speak, for uh for the service industry. Yeah, so service industry, I started in 2014 when I left the military. Um, I went to a place called the Collective on Tap, which at the time was uh, like the local beer bar, 49 different craft taps uh, in the Woodenville area, all local, well, pardon me, like three quarters of it local. It was pretty well done. Um, and I spent about two months doing a server, being a server there, shift lead bartender, and then after that time, I was promoted to the director of marketing, which also uh, kept me bartending there on a pretty regular basis, but I was doing all their marketing work for them. Right. Um, I spent two years there, and we'll tell some stories about that later. Uh, and I left there because they stopped paying me money um, while the owner was on vacation and posting pictures about it on social media. <laughs> so I kind of chucked deuces and dipped out. Um, I then went over to a company called Postdoc Brewing out in Redmond. Fantastic group of people. Um, still have a good relationship with them. And did Seattle beer sales as a Seattle sales manager for their company um, and slung beer. Uh, got us on a place like Teatras and Zani. Uh, got us on the Space Needle. So put in some good work there. And then after that, I thought I was going to go be a cool kid and go back to school again. Um, made a poor life choice and went to the Art Institute of Seattle, uh, which then shut down shortly thereafter. So that was a short-lived dream and uh, got back into bartending, beer tending uh, at a place called Special Brews out in Linwood, my local haunt, where I still drink quite a bit. Um, Spent about a year and some change there then decided, okay, I'm done with bartending. I've I've had enough of this. And then... uh, (laughs) You got out of it before the rest of us got kicked out of it. And then I went and bartended again, beer tended for a local brewery. as my buddy army veteran asked for help and i said sure why not i thought i was gonna be done with it but i guess not and yeah spent about another year doing it there until i just put up my hand and i said this is enough i i am a people person but i'm i've had enough of this for right now 
you want to do it on your own terms, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> I get that, but that's uh, that's that's the thing about being a people person and, and being, especially with one with bartending skills, is is uh, you're always going to have a job. Typically, yeah. <laughs> that's pretty pretty that's good job a, security. Even even through COVID, I mean, there's still jobs out there. If you want a job, there's a job. It just doesn't pay the way it used to. Yeah, <laughs> you know, people hanging out and tipping heavy because they're getting good service. There's people getting in and out and having a drink to meet someone and then say bye-bye. Not the same thing in any way. Yeah. No, it's all, well, there's no, in our state at least, there's no bar seating still. So there's, there's some places I've seen that have worked around it. Like uh, the B-dubs up the street in Alderwood, Uh, they do a table on the other side of the bar. And so it's technically not bar seating, it's table seating, but it's in front of the bar. It's kind of right there. It's interesting. Yeah. There's there's other ones that have I guess you just remove the the stools and then people like people just walk up and order at the bar and then walk away. Yeah. I've been to a couple of places like that. So you just don't, order at the bar. You don't have barflies sitting there anymore, you know. It's yeah. just, <laughs> but being the bartender, I mean, I feel like those those also become your 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 regulars for the barflies. <laughs> yeah, one hundred percent bar tops where it's at, man. And that's a lot of times where you're get your big tippers where you make your big money. Yeah. I mean, at my last restaurant, it was a 13 seat bar top and that was, you know, filling up all night long. Yeah. It's crazy to have like that kind of like normal community. Cause what social media became, right. Is you have like this branched out community of people, but like bartenders in the real world have like this, just this, all these, all these little, um, uh, tendrils reaching out into all these different communities. You know, you just, you know, people from like every walk of life, essentially you get to interact with just the best networking job in the world, man. Yeah. Yeah. That's one of the things I love so much about it. (laughs) It's just the diversity of everything. You know, you get, you really get to see like all sides of humanity pretty much. Yeah. I 100% agree with that. That's one thing I miss about it is absolutely just the, the diversity and the, I don't know, you meet a lot of rad humans but yeah enough was enough for me <laughs> yeah but they also like we said you know it's it's uh that's just kind of not an environment right now where it's one that we're it's one that's on hold at least <sighs> you know anyways, i get focused on that let me get off of that because i'm just gonna get on mopey <laughs> <laughs> that's understandable though like i don't think a lot of people really realize how big of a community and an impact it has for so many people's lives. Like, uh, you know, people talk about, Oh, those jobs are being lost. These jobs are being lost. There's not a lot of people that are saying how, what about the service industry? Like it's bartenders and, and servers and hosts. like everybody in that community has a community that interacted with so much. And all of a sudden it's just like, Nope, good yeah. luck. Sort yourselves out. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's, it's truly a, a great, loss in my life <laughs> to not you know be serving those people you know that i have for years and this, you know built up these relationships that you know i kind of um you know put all this energy and time into and got good at you know it became something that i was you know proud of my skills and and, and you know happy to go to work but, yeah. <clears throat> but there's still ways to reach out and to do things it's, it's just it just forces us to be creative with our lives you know and and take that energy and put it into something else. And I think that honestly, that's kind of get what's given us a little more of a, of a reach on the, on the podcast because it forces me to, to talk to my guests even more. I just, I'm more appreciative to have, to have yeah. uh, you guys come on and, and, 
and interact just because it, it you know at least gives us the the human interaction yeah. <laughs> on a, on whatever level this is <clears throat> somewhat at least at least you get to see faces not just a phone call or nothing that's one good thing about yeah what we've all developed t- into i was just telling some friends that earlier you know we the, we we've been uh meeting doing D and D throughout pandemic and i was just thinking man like we're kind of complaining that we didn't weren't getting hugs or, you know, and it was, you know, it's, it, you miss the physical touch, but at the same time, it's so easy to get complacent um, in this day and age. But then thinking about like, you know, if this was 20 years ago, we wouldn't be seeing each other's faces, you know, whenever we want, you know, we would definitely be stuck in a, in a whole different world. So yeah, for what it's worth, you know, our, our, our ability to connect is, is, is much greater than it ever has been. I have to agree with that. <laughs> it's all about looking on the bright side, man. <laughs> yeah, right. That's silver linings. Yeah, that's right. That's right. A little, bit of, a little bit of garnish on it. That's how you get through those tough nights is you always got to find something, find something to look, look towards. Yeah. <laughs> um, so beer tinning. So that's, that's pretty much like you're, you're a beer guy. I was a big beer guy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. What, um, I don't say what's your favorite beer because I hate it when people ask me what's my favorite something because I always feel like I haven't had every flavor of it yet. And so I haven't had everything yet, so I can't pick a favorite. But um, what's your current preferred style? I guess. Uh, my always preferred style will be Lambic's. Lambic is life is kind of a silly beer term that has gotten a culture behind it, but it's mm-hmm. uh, kind of more European-based and uh, just the true essence of what beer was at that point in time. And it's not something where it's just like, oh, this is a heavy beer. It's something that's a table beer. It's sociable. And it's something that the people had access to at the time. It's really kind of delicious. Um, we're really, my wife and I are both really into fruited sours. Big fan of those. And then, of course, you got to be basic, too. So you got to have your New England IPAs and hazies. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm on a White Claw binge right now too. Seltzers. <laughs> White Claw's doing great during pandemic. Uh, any sort of seltzer, man, honestly. And sometimes yeah. you go to the store and they don't have a good seltzer pack. You're like, oh, I guess it's White Claw today. So <laughs> got to throw it back. Yeah. And everybody's making those too. Like even the microbreweries are starting to make uh, seltzers on, you can find them in kegs now. Get them on yep. tap at places. Yeah. Quite a bit of it. But they're good. So the, the Lambic that I first became aware of was the, the Frambois that they used to do. Because mm-hmm. I, I used to, one of my first uh, restaurant gigs was at the Silver City Brewery. Yeah, yeah. Silverdale. And so they did the raspberry Lambic. And we would do a half and half with the Lambic and our Hefeweizen. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was like this weedy raspberry kind of wonderful blend. I love startling people that aren't really into beer, but they're starting to get there. They think everything's holy and sacred and you do like a mixed drink like that. And they're like, yeah. what are you doing? It's like, well, the flavors go really well together. So yeah, give it a try. Like they're like, what? Mm-hmm. Same thing That's as fun. like putting a Rattler on top of an IPA. Like yeah, similar blends. This is actually a perfect lead into our cocktail because we're, um, when we're going to talk about beer cocktails, essentially. Um, yeah. That's one of the things you put as, as, <laughs> As something you liked. So um, I was doing a little research on beer cocktails. And the fun thing about beer cocktails is they've been around for a really, really long time. Um, Egyptians were known to mix their beer with their mead. Um, and so it's this is uh, it's something that like in, in North America, they've kind of really come into into their own. Yeah. But but beer cocktails themselves, like like you said, I mean, it's 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 there's nothing sacred. I don't think you know, everything you can mix, everything you can drink. Why not? 
you know, <laughs> there's places in the world that have strict rules around making stuff, but when it comes to mixing it, I, I, I don't know. There's always a way to, there's always a way to have something taste different and fun. Yeah. And the cocktail I actually picked today is one that's, it's a, it's a margarita with um, an IPA float. An IPA float on margarita. Yeah. And so it's actually the, the drink, it's, it's a drink from my last restaurant. It's made by a friend of the show, Todd Ham. So he's going to come help us make the video for it. Um, it should be fun. That's awesome. But uh, yeah, it was a little collaboration between him and our, our previous chef, Brian Walchek. Um, they were coming up with drinks for the menu and they wanted to do a Northwest margarita. And so Todd had thought to uh, get some spruce tips and put them in the blender and make a, like a spruce salt. Yep. And then, uh, yeah. And so then we did like a half margarita and then top it with a really, really hoppy kind of piney IPA. Um, and on, like the citrus and the tequila, everything blend with the IPA really, really well. And the spruce tips and the salt, it was just kind of a, yeah, it was a real fun, it's a real fun cocktail. So that's that'll be a fun one to make for the, sh for the, uh, for the channel. <laughs> you should, uh, if you have the ability to, if you're doing multiple tests of it or whatever, you try different, uh, hops, do like a single hop beer and oh, yeah. try it with different single hops and see which hops kind of have that different profile. And kind of, kind of cool. Totally. Yeah. I mean, we can, we can run down to the shop and get a bunch of different beers and make a bunch of different margaritas that'd be a fun day we'll uh we'll hit you up and see if you're available to come down because you're you're He's in the desert right yeah i'm a i'm a mile and a half from special brews and i'm up in limwood washington sweet uh but yeah i and there's a there's another one that we would serve at at my old restaurant which was, is one of the most classic beer cocktails of all time is the michelada um yep clamato and and mexican beer with a little tahine and mm, yeah beer cocktails are great so this is a yeah, it's always fun to play with, and they're just so diverse too. I remember making uh, like doing beer floats. We would do um, you get like a real dark like coffee dominant chocolate dominant porter, yeah, and do a scoop of like espresso ice cream in it or something. <clears throat> do the same with like a like a mint chocolate chip ice cream too. Yeah. Stone Brewing down in uh, Escondido Vista, California, that area used to have a collab they did with a Hawaiian brewery. Um, I can't remember the name of it. It was actually one of the brewers from Hawaiian Brewery and they did like a mint chocolate chip stout and then they did it over like a really lightly uh, mint chocolate chip vanilla ice cream. Yum. And it was just like uh, one of the best floats I've had in a long time. That's awesome. Yep. Have you had these strawberry cream IPAs that are coming out? I've, I've seen a I've few probably had a few out. kind of similar style of these cream IPAs where they're kind of making them even more juicy and milkshakey. Yeah. Yeah, I had one down in um, Newport. Uh, Hub had mm. made one, and it was a it was a strawberry cream IPA, and it was it was so ridiculous. And they're they're doing like orange cream ones too. I had an orange cream on uh, nitro the other day. It was like drinking a dreamsicle. Yep. As soon as like breweries get wind of a style popping around, <laughs> they'll they'll do a lot of different variations. Yeah. Yeah. There's always that. That's one thing I think I love about Washington State too. Is is um, just the the beer trends they're kind of, they're super fun <laughs> yeah it's really fun to just kind of to see what all these guys are doing you know every year there's always something new i remember gosh like back when i was working out in kirkland the the like smoked dark beers were real popular for a while roush beers yeah the roush beers those were uh, so good too 
Not my jam, man. No, no, I I love smoky stuff. I was just, oh man, I love smoky everything though. I did barbecue and all that. So it was a good barbecue beer. I can get behind the smoky stuff, but as a a lot of Roush beers, they, they force the smoke. So they like do a, Oh, they do like too much liquid smoke on it. Exactly. They just fucking pour liquid smoke essentially. And it's like, Whoa, calm it down. Yeah. You want to like, why don't you actually just like a lot of it's done with liquid smoke to my knowledge. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think people have done, uh, I don't know if you could smoke the hops. That'd be really interesting to see. I could talk to a buddy of mine, uh, head brewer at Postdoc, yeah, um, and kind of see what his thoughts on it are. Because you can you can like roast malts and stuff like that to really give that kind of cool flavor. You can I, I think that smoking the malt make make more sense than sure smoking the hops, the but I don't know. Hmm. All right, well, that's fine. I always have beer questions. I have answers. They might not be right, but I have many answers to beer stuff. It's all good that's that's one of the things they teach you early on in bartending school is uh is always have an answer <laughs> and, and bartending school i mean working in restaurants yeah. all my old managers used to used to say you know if someone asks you a question the the last thing they want to see is you going uh yep you know at least you know have something to say back to them whether it's a right answer or a, a redirect or, or you know if you're able to figure it out or just bullshit and walk away <laughs> yep uh. <laughs> Part of it's the experience. <laughs> that's so true. <clears throat> and that's how, you know, you fake it till you make it anyways. That's, that's pretty much how you have confidence in any situation. <clears throat> you just pretend like you do and then, and then you get it. <clears throat> so King Midas was actually uh, his fa- One of his favorite drinks was a mix of mead wine and a primitive beer um, back before they used hops in it. Yep. Like the Egyptian style. Yeah. Yeah. Wine and beer is kind of scary. I could see it working with like a. If I did wine, beer, and mead, it'd probably be like a really lightly fruited lambic. Like uh, maybe not the frambois you're talking about at Silver City, but something that has a hint of something. Then a really, really soft honey mead. Like nothing, like most meads you get are going to be like heavy, like mm-hmm. pretty, pretty syrup in your mouth heavy. And then like. I don't know, like a super oak Chardonnay to kind of try to balance it out or something like that. I don't even know. Trying to balance those three flavors can be kind of gnarly. Other way you could go is like with dark stuff. Do like a nice port sherry with like uh, regular mead. And then I don't even know that much about mead. We have lots of mead at the place I worked before, but I didn't really drink a lot of it. It's very thick. I have a friend who makes his own mead, but I know nothing about it. So that, that that's a... Uh... Maybe we should get Alex on at some point. You Talk about like subcultures of the industry. Mead's definitely one of those tiny, tiny pockets. Oh yeah. It's the, it's the craft brewers that are also Vikings yeah. <laughs> or have some, some sort of uh, you know, link to that heritage or love for it. Yeah. <clears throat> do you, do you, do you do a lot of home brewing? I used to, I haven't home brewed in years. Uh, my first beer I did at home, we actually lost power during the brew. And we we're silly enough to do an electric stovetop because we didn't have a gas burner at the time. And we ended up calling the blackout brown and uh, did like a label for it and everything like that. And people cracked up. And I guess it was actually turned out pretty nice. It's a lighter brown, but uh, I did mostly kit brews. I didn't do a lot of all grain stuff. I brewed a couple commercial batches with some breweries for the nonprofit I work with, um, mm-hmm. work for, work own. Um, <laughs> but uh yeah, I, I used to brew homebrew a bit, and it's just kind of fallen off. It's uh, 
you need to be dedicated to it. It's very clean. It's very uh, messy person sometimes, man, especially when it comes to like cooking or baking, anything like that. I'm like, I'll just dump this in, dump that in and brewing. That's not, that's not how it works. <laughs> yeah. It's more of a, it's, if, if you're good at baking, it's probably a better comparison. Yeah. But even baking, I'm, I'm pretty messy about, and I'd say I'm a decent baker. Really? Like gotta be, it's it's more like scientific though, right? Yeah, it's yeah, more yeah, of exactly. an exact like yeah. when you're when you're baking, you want a quarter teaspoon of salt. You know, you don't want to just kind of throw no. some salt in there, <laughs> no. or baking soda, or you know, any any of those reactive ingredients. They're, they're reactive for a reason. That's like building a cocktail too, though. Everything yeah. is very specific. You know, you're we have you know our jiggers are measured down to the quarter ounce and smaller. You know, so yeah. you can just add. Or even in the dash bottles where you're just adding a squirt of something because that one little squirt's going to make that whole cocktail taste one way. It's funny. I was actually speaking of unbalanced cocktails. I don't know if that's time for a spinoff, but <laughs> it's always time for a spinoff. <laughs> yeah. We were down in uh, Mexico um, last week and um, I ordered a, uh, what did I order? a Negroni at the, <laughs> and they brought me um it was it was gin, Campari, and Fernet instead of sweet vermouth. And um, it was just one of those things where I feel like it probably could have worked, except they, they went with equal parts and Fernet is just such a crazy, powerful, dominant flavor that it just tasted like pink Fernet. <laughs> that Campari in there too. So it was, it was bitter and bitter. Um, yeah. And like cap you know, your betters bottle, just pour some in there. Yeah, but then then I immediately started thinking, I was like, you know, this these flavors might all kind of work together. Like if you just did like a fernet wash or you know, like you do with absinthe, essentially, you know, it's 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 a flavor that strong where you just don't you don't want that much. But I don't know. I wasn't I wasn't a huge fan of that drink. I was kind of bummed out. I didn't order another one. I don't even sounds, think I finished that one. Sounds like they weren't a huge fan of that drink, so I think it worked out for yeah. you. I actually tried pouring a little red wine in it to see what that would do, and that didn't help it. No, that's. I can imagine that not helping too much. Yeah, that, that glass, that glass stayed on the table, and we just ended our night. <laughs> it was the end of a long day. <laughs> so I was just trying to make my last drink taste better, and, and I yeah. decided to probably just not finish it. At least you you weren't to the point where that last drink tasted horrible, and you just finished it anyway. And you so slam it anyway. Good, good on you. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I think I'm, I'm about a year past that mentality. Yeah, right. <laughs> Maybe I don't know. The closer ago. I get to forty, the closer I try not to do that. Yeah, I just I, I have so much foresight of what the next morning will be like, you know. Yeah, because drinking th- that many mixes of things in general is isn't good. You know, if it was just tequila all night and I had one last drink at tequila, that's one thing. But that We're one last mix, that's that's that. That's like that spill mat shot at the end of the, at the bar at the end of the night, you know, that I, where it's just it's just everything. Uh, and you just, you're, you're, who, this is free. Who wants it? And someone would always take it, or sometimes I would auction it off, um, <laughs> and make ten bucks. Yeah, right. Well, you want to see what all these things taste like together? It's nice and yeah. strong. But then, but then you just want to make sure you get that person outside before they puke because that's that's coming quick. Yeah, the next minute or two. Mm-hmm. Every time. Works like a charm. Speaking of the military, um, <laughs> I, this made me think of the military. I used to my first bartending gig was in Bremerton, and yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, what what did you do in the military? Uh, I was an infantry guy for four years. So basically, I uh, worked with explosives, um, oh, cool, and rockets and stuff like that. Um, 
And in that time, I also got my weapons instructor and weapons instructor trainer MOSs, military occupational specialties. Um, so I taught people how to teach people how to shoot. And did that, went to Iraq twice, been over a year and some change in Iraq total in my lifetime. And then I, after my four years, uh, looked and tried to find a new job in the military. So I went and did air traffic control. And I was an air traffic controller for four years. Um, did about two and a half of it at Camp Pendleton, California, where I was directing traffic like you would at an FAA facility, Federal Aviation Administration. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of acronyms and you just kind of start throwing sure. them around once you talk military stuff. So That's I try right. to throw them out to, there and if people are curious, they can always look them up. It's, it's I try to remember to say what they are. Um, <laughs> And after two and a half, three years or so, two and a half years or so, I volunteered for a third deployment. So I went on a, what's it called, a Marine Expeditionary Unit, a MU, and floated around the Pacific Rim and stopped by a bunch of different nations, um, South Korea, Philippines, Oman, UAE, uh, kind of just bounced around and did some air traffic controlling all around the world. That was kind cool. of fun. That is cool, man. You got to yeah. just go everywhere pretty much, see everybody. Yeah, it's like a really shitty version of a pleasure cruise. <laughs> sure. Yeah, you are you are on the military's dime, right? That's a yeah. you got you got to do that stuff first before you have fun. Yeah. <clears throat> good exploration, um, a lot of good times. You still do uh, instruction and that kind of stuff? Uh, I still teach some friends how to shoot. I don't do it on a professional level. I've had people say that I should open like a training course, private area type thing, but mm -hmm. it's not. Uh, only have so many hours in the day, you know? Sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm going to focus on what businesses you can. Yeah. I have a, a friend of mine who won't say names because he's on Seattle Police Department. Mm -hmm. one, one of the instructors for the department. My claim to fame is uh, I, I, when we were kids, I, uh, I sniped him first when we would paintball in the woods together. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> he had the better gun, but I had the better. Uh, I was, I was, I was better angle. 20 feet up in a tree. Well, like a tip of 98 or something like that? Back in them days, yeah, and mine was uh, it was a pump shot yep. from Walmart, and he had uh, a trigger finger semi-auto, like kind of yep. double double trigger finger thing, and so I, I would get that one accurate shot, and then I'd have to run for my life, yep. <laughs> while he just rained me with paint. But if I could old, get that shot, man, good old woodball days, man. <laughs> oh man, yeah, that was that was that was actually one of the one of the great memories of growing up in the Pacific Northwest, the trees everywhere. And you just run around and shoot each other with paintballs. <laughs> yep. Ride bikes until you run into a tree, all sorts mm -hmm. of stuff, man. No, we had our dirt pile. I was actually, one of my friends just pulled up a picture the other day. I think it was the same guy actually of, um, of me doing a little no footer kick out of my BMX on this little, yeah. we, had, we had a tabletop slash double set up this big dirt mountain in, in his parents' side yard. Yes. <laughs> thing was there for probably like, three or four years at least. Absolutely amazing. Yeah, it was pretty fun. Uh, back when we could bounce off the ground, get back up and be like, whoa! <laughs> yeah, spills for a little bit more these days, man. Yeah, now I go now I go move a tote in my closet the wrong way and I can't move for a couple of days. <clears throat> I wrecked, uh, I ride bikes a lot still. Um, I wrecked out at Galbraith and Bellingham, I don't know, four or five months ago, probably before all this really started and I was trying to do a walk rock wall ride and I jumped up on this rock wall because I saw my buddy do it. I'm like, oh, I've done this before. It's fine. Yeah. I've never done it on that one. I've never done it on this bike. And I'm like, okay, I'll just try it. Why not? I get up on it and I kick off. And I almost break my elbow coming down off of it. Roll a few times. I couldn't ride for like two weeks, man. Whereas opposed to like what? When you're a teenager, you'd be riding the next next day. Like, yeah. Yeah. I've, I've had that. I've had that um, 
hard realization on the mountains too, because I, I snowboard a lot. And I, mm-hmm. I used, I, so I snowboarded a lot when I was young, and then I took maybe five to ten years off through like my mid twenties to early thirties or so, and then I when I got back to it, it was it was so bad, it was so rough. <clears throat> but uh, yeah, we're better now. I just I. I and since I've been started riding again, I've, I've seen people break their backs, mm-hmm. uh, wrists, um, lots. Of, and, and so I, it really, uh, it slowed me down a lot. What do you become one of those guys that I actually started skiing recently and I just started appreciating the mountain and I go slow. I'm like, Oh, this is why you do that. Nope. <laughs> the more you witness, like the more you really, you just appreciate the fact that you're still alive and up there. So you still snowboard or you on skis exclusively now? I do both. Yeah. I'm, okay. I'm actually still kind of training myself how to ski. Cause I, yeah. I, I learned how to snowboard when I was like 17 by my friends threw me down a mountain with the snowboard mm-hmm. attached to my feet. And then just through sheer determination, I kept going um, and figured it out and then just kind of snowboarded forever. What do you ride on? Uh, right now it's the, it's a GNU rider's choice. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Or, is it canoe or live? It's canoe. Yeah, it's the one with the hat. Say, so it's a couple years old. Uh, um, I'll say LibTech actually designs for new. I'm mean, gonna have to look, but I want to yeah, see. Yeah, they're the same company yep. for the most. They're out of the same warehouse, I believe. One of my buddies designs for them. Yeah, yeah, I love those guys. They make they make great quality stuff. Shout out to LibTech and Gnu. Yeah. <laughs> for whatever it's worth, <clears throat> send me free stuff. Yeah. Right. Let me get a sticker. Yeah. Right. Oh, I'll take stickers. I love stickers. <clears throat> yeah, no, I've, I, um, actually last season I finally got the last of all of my ski gear. And so I'll, I'll be, um, experimenting more with that. So I used to, I rollerbladed a bunch when I was a kid and I've been skiing a couple of times and I'm like, yeah, it's easy enough. And you get the poles, like you don't get stuck in the flat areas. It's kind of nice. Yep. You don't have to unstrap and pedal. Yeah. <laughs> Skateboard. Yeah. One of my friends said, he said, uh, skis are, are so you can get around the mountain and snowboard is so you can have fun on the mountain. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that she makes a lot of sense. I get that. But having fun also puts you in all that risk where you break your back and wrist and all that kind of shit. Been interested in looking at getting split skis, the uh, ones that you can turn into a board. Oh, yeah, that sound interesting nice. to me. Those are nice for like backside stuff too. So you can yeah. kind of ski up the side or, you know, do your cross country step in and then just clip it together and ride that powder down the hill. Fresh bow. Whew. I'm about ready for some snow. We were just talking about that yesterday too. Just started getting some, man. Baker got sprinkled and so did Stevens, mm-hmm. I think. Stevens got, I think, four inches at the base. They got some yeah. slush. They're building up that cold base. That's all that matters. My dad just, we just moved my dad from New Mexico to um, Sultan. So he's got a place right at the base of Stevens. So that's going to be a, a nice year, I think. Hell yeah. <clears throat> all right. All right. Well, let's get into your fun stories then because we had some of those we referenced earlier so you can loop back around to uh to some of your some of your uh more memorable experiences working as a beer tender yeah so uh this isn't necessarily positive but that's okay because it's a fun <laughs> story as long uh, as you have something positive later when we'll we'll do that yeah, but we'll, yeah we'll, stories we'll get to that stories. point right story yeah. is a story so we're collective on tap, right? I put my heart and soul into this place. And I, I will preface this story by saying I am really glad they went out of business just because the owner shouldn't be owning a business, not for the fact that people lost a job. Sure. Like, 
there, there's a difference in I get the, exactly the spectrum of dislike you have there, right? Mm-hmm. So I worked for this company and I put in, I was going to school full time at the time. Um, I was going, you know, I'd work, I'd do 30 hours of school and I'd do 60 to 70 hours at the bar. I'd do all the marketing that I do bartending shifts too and all that. And so uh, some of the things that happened, for instance, is uh, I'd go in and tell 10 o'clock to two, three in the morning, building these uh, liquor hangers we were putting down from the ceiling, right? And so we were building these boxes so we could hang the liquor and we could bring in liquor after all the beer stuff. We're going to do liquor all of a sudden. Okay, sounds great. We got the approval for liquor. What she didn't take the time to do was get the approval for the design for the liquor storage. She, after she had us built all this and we, we did all this work and construction over, you know, a couple of weeks doing these super late shifts, um, they were blocking all the fire extinguish, like the, the fire sprinklers, the entire sprinkler system was blocked. So I spent probably 70 to a hundred hours of my life building these, you know, two, three in the morning, late nights, uh, while the business is closed do all this with a, another buddy who was a bartender too. And then the other guy was the general manager. So we're all three of these dudes working on this. And, you know, we don't really have the tools we need for this. We don't really have the stuff we know we're just making do. And we get all this done. And the next day uh, we all get it all done. We take pictures. We're cracking up like, yeah, good job. We finally got this done. We can hang out. We can relax. And we come in the next morning and literally everything's gone. Everything was gone. Oh no! Oh, everything no. was torn down. All the work we did, all the hundreds of hours, everything just, gone and we're like looking up and we go something looks different yeah what the, what the fuck? and come to find out that they didn't get the approval and that they'd blocked the sprinkler systems with it all and they kind of just said okay we're just going to tear it all down and not try to find a workaround anyway and so it's just like all right there's there's a little bit of fun so i continue working with the company i'm like all right that's fine we'll make it work i got a little frustrated but whatever i've helped them i literally helped them move I helped them open a business, which was called Red's Fish House up in Camino Island. I helped them manage their other business up on Camino, which is another collective on tap. I helped them tear down Red's Fish House when it failed. And I helped them tear down Collective on Tap Camino when they sold it. So the only thing left was Camino, uh, Collective on Tap Woodenville. I'm like, I've been with this company so long. I put so much time into it. And I'm just going to hang out and stay here. Then it comes around and a payday comes and I don't get paid. I'm like well, this is kind of weird. You know, where's, where's my check? Like I know in the service industry, sometimes it's super, super tight at some places. And I get that you just closed a business mm-hmm. and I'm like, I can, you know, if, if this is gonna be a problem, I can wait until the next payday. I can wait two weeks. I can make it work. I'm getting school pay. Everything's fine. Okay. That sounds good. Next payday comes around. Don't get paid. And she goes, well, I, I couldn't pay you this time because we talked about it. And you said you wanted the other employees to get paid before you because you're a third-party manager and you wanted the servers and bartenders to get paid first. I said, yeah, that's true, but it's been a month now. You know, what's going on? Yeah. Oh, we'll pay you next week, next the following pay period for sure, no doubt. You know? mm-hmm. All right. I'll kind of maybe kind of believe you. Not really. This is the point in time where you start getting really worried about it. And mm-hmm. Next pay period comes around, no paycheck. And... I'm like starting to get pissed, right? I'm like, what is going on here? This is, you know, three paychecks missed. That's that's a substantial amount of money and living wage for people that work in this industry. You know, yeah. a lot of people that work in the bartending industry are saving to do something else or paying for something else. And they're trying to make their livelihood. And sometimes it's check to check. Mm-hmm. Three paychecks missed. I'm fortunate enough where it wasn't messing up our life enough where it needed to be fixed. Uh, we were staying with someone where we were paying barely any rent. So it was fine. And... When I checked that third pay period, I didn't get paid. And 
pretty much the next morning when I was going to call her to find out what was going on, I found out that I couldn't call her because she was on vacation in Florida. And she's literally posting on her social media, like them out at a fancy dinner, spending all this money. And I'm just like, dude, this ain't right. And so I started talking with the general manager. I'm like, yo, man, like, this isn't okay, dude. It's like, I know, man, it's pretty frustrating. And so I come in, uh, I think I saw her again in like a week and a half. And she was supposed to get another investor in the business and they were supposed to be able to make everything work. Mm. And I had still been working full-time even without getting paid as much anything, right? I'd still been just working and saying, okay, I'll get paid when I get paid. It's fine. I'll make it work. That's a military mentality, right? You just yeah. keep going with it. You think everything's fine. It'll turn sure. out. Trying to work for the greater good because you believe yeah. it's something. Yeah. yeah. Horrible life choice. <clears throat> so uh, this morning comes around when it's close to the third, fourth pay period. And uh, I go into the bar and I'm setting up for the brewer's night. We used to do brewer's nights every Monday morning, Monday night. And we do this big thing and I get up on, uh, on top of a bar, on top of a table. And I'd yell, you know, welcome in. We're going to do a brewer's night. These are the brewers hanging out with us. This is the brand kind of showcasing a local place. And I'm going into the bartender and I start talking to him. And one of the regulars comes in. He goes, hey, uh, bartender, Amir, do you want help setting up for the brewer's night? And I kind of look at him. I'm like, dude, you, you know me. Like, what's going on here? He goes, oh awkward and he just walks out without saying anything else he just says awkward and then he walks out and i'm like all right 20 minutes later one of the investors comes in he goes hey man uh, i'm guessing you haven't heard and i go i guess you haven't heard what he goes cat's letting you off and i go what and he goes yeah i'm like you're telling me i'm fired right now and he goes yeah and i go am i getting paid like what's going on dude and he's like no we're just uh we're figuring everything out, but we're putting you, we're demoting you. And then we're going to let you go in like two weeks. I'm like, you just let me go right now, dude. <laughs> like talk to the general manager for a second. Yeah. You don't get to fire somebody with a two weeks notice. <laughs> no. And so I, I walked out the door and I talked, I still talked to the guy who was the general manager at the time. He's a great dude. He runs another company now, but it was just, uh, you know, those are things that happen in the service industry when you don't have places that are established. Well, you know, yeah. you, have, you have people that have just opened a bar because they want somewhere to hang out. Mm -hmm. uh, they want somewhere where they can drink and feel cool and feel like they have possession of the place. Yeah. So I don't know. I guess that's where I was going with that whole story, but that's a, a random, story. Random little pirate ship moment. <laughs> yeah. <it's>, uh, <laughs> they think, yeah, we can go out and do it on our own. And then they realize that it's, that's, that's probably one of the biggest reasons I feel like restaurants fail in general is, is people open them with the thought that it's going to be their hang, you know, and that's, that's, it's, you can't run your business like the place you hang out. No, and, and you know you got to be able to separate those two things. You can tell, right? Like you can tell if the the owner is coming in and drinking on a nightly basis and getting drunk a couple times a week. It's like, all right, this place is going down in flames. Who knows when? But it's going to. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a that's a not great story, uh, but it was a. <laughs> no, that's story. those are the ones that are good to know too. Though I mean, that's this is the, re the reason we share these stories is so other people can learn from them, right? <laughs> you know, so someone finds himself in a situation. I'm 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 a hundred percent sure there are people out there with very similar stories to that, you know, about working for a company and not getting paid and then, you know, shit falling through and, and bad choices having been made, you know, along with bad feelings. I'll say this um, loud and clear for anyone listening to this podcast. First of all, thank y'all. But second of all, if you're not getting paid, that's not okay. There's no <laughs> point in time where is it okay for an employer to say, Oh, you're not getting paid. They need to sort that shit out. Mm -hmm. Period. That's their obligation as the boss yeah. to pay the employees.
Yeah, it was a very weird time in my life where I was like, oh, it's okay. They'll get it sorted out. They're just having a rough time. It's not like, what about me? Yeah. <laughs> like, the, where's the self-care there? Right. Um, if, they're, if they're having a rough time, but they're still going on vacation, then, you know, that's, it's not that rough. Well, like fun stuff, it, uh, not not while in the service industry, but doing service industry things. Um, on my Marine Expeditionary Unit, mm-hmm. Uh, we went out and we toured all these different places, right? And one of our stops was in Israel. Israel, you think, is not going to be like a really bumping place, right? Mm-hmm. Where we were was kind of like the party tourist city. So we stop in port and we're kind of walking along this beach and we're hanging out. And, you know, there's these kind of club-like places along the strip and people are going in and drinking and partying there. And we're like, all right, we're just going to keep walking. We're hanging out. We're chilling. And this lady walks up with a tray of shots on this walkway, this boardwalk. And she goes, do you want some? Yeah, I'll have a shot. Absolutely. I've been on a boat for a month. Of course yeah. I want a shot. Hands of shots. We take a shot. You want another one? Yeah. Yes. What is this? Like some sort of celebration? No, just handing out shots. So she's advertising for this place called Barbie's. And this Barbie's bars where people are drinking. And uh-huh. so we're like, all right, we'll go check out Barbie. Sure. You give us two shots for free. Absolutely. Game on. Yeah. We go back and she's refilling her uh, shots to go hand out on the beach. And we're like, do you want help? She's like, what? I'm like, we'll go hand out shots. That sounds like a great time. <laughs> and so it's like me and two other Marines already pretty tipsy because we got a drink at the bar or two after our two shots. And we hadn't drinking like a month. And we're literally just walking down, up and down this uh, boardwalk, just handing out shots to random people. Walking up, hey, you want a shot? Like, That's what? Fun, <laughs> just a good time hanging out, right? And oh, yeah. it's an interesting thing that you wouldn't really see here in Washington, right? You can't go do that to advertise. Dude, no, you got to go to New Orleans for that kind of fun. I wonder if you could Las Vegas. I don't know if you can in Vegas. Maybe but... in Las Vegas. I'm not sure. There, it's even even so. I feel like it's more regulated than New Orleans. <laughs> yeah, probably. New Orleans is is a little more crazy. I've heard, I've heard it's quite the party town. I haven't been there yet. Oh, yeah. I, I yeah, this is all from stories I've heard too. I'm, I have all these promises of trips there, which I'll be there someday. But no, we'll we'll, we'll party New Orleans. I'll get there soon enough. <laughs> trying to think of any other fun kind of crazy stories that are allowed to be said out loud. Allowed? Uh, uh, anything gross? What's what's the? It, I always the gross stories are so gross, but no, they're fun too. Uh, Fun tearing apart Red's kitchen that was pretty gross seeing that it hadn't been cleaned the entire time it was open that's always mm-hmm. fun right one of those Hold- kitchen deep cleans it's like a 5 year 20 year deep clean kind of thing it was like uh, they had been open like 2 years they hadn't cleaned once and you open up stuff and there's mold on the back of it you're like what is this gross. but for beer stuff uh, every once in a while you'll get like an inoculated bottle or something where it just didn't ferment right and you, you're pouring your beer having a good time and then it's like sludge pudding jello comes out like ploops like a booger into your beer that beer it's like yeah not a good life choice man yeah that's a bummer call them drain pours (laughs) good old drain pours yeah that is gross good job (laughs) thanks (laughs) appreciate it myself a gold star on my little board Mm mm-hmm so in this stressful ass world, uh, we all deal with, you know, especially with all this crazy shit going on nowadays, right? What, uh, what are some good um, ways you've found to relieve stress in your life and just kind of find balance amongst the, the chaos of everything? 
Well, let me tell you about that, Joey. <laughs> so I actually run a nonprofit with the idea of raising education for mental health and uh, breaking down the stigma around, you know, people saying I'm not okay and people saying I'm too stressed out. Um, for me, my biggest stress reliefs are mountain biking, spending time with my wife, mm-hmm. gaming, and making videos. I love, I love doing videography. I love doing cinematography. I love listening to music. Music's also a big go-to of mine. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're listening to this now and don't want to listen to the whole spiel, too long, didn't read, listen to music that makes you happy. And absolutely, hang out with people you like. Don't hang out with people you don't like. You know, a lot of people in this day and age, especially of social media, will say, oh, I need to hang out with this person because of this reason, A or B, whatever, whatever it is. And they won't really think of what the relationship is developed to be. Mm-hmm. Um, they won't think of, does this person bring positivity in my life? Does this person actually help me feel better? It's just, oh, I've always hung out with them. They make fun of me all the time, sure, and they laugh about it, but it's just our thing, right? Mm-hmm. No, it's not your fucking thing. They're being a fucking dick to you. Yeah, that's like, <laughs> sort yeah. yourself out, man. Um, but for, for self-care, uh, definitely writing, um, and I'm a huge advocate of that. Uh, can I give a shout-out real quick to my own? Please do. Yeah. So shout-out to SenateSociety.org. Um, it's the idea of raising education for mental health through mountain biking and extreme sports. And what I do um, and what I kind of try to get people out to do is I'll bring out all of these mountain bikes and I'll let people ride them for free. So usually when you get into mountain biking on the, on the more into it end of it, you're spending five, six grand minimum for a good setup. Mm-hmm. And so we'll bring out these nice bikes for people to try and we'll go ride for four hours or so, whatever it might be. And just let people try this equipment and see what it's like to be out in the woods riding with friends. Right. And it's, dude, it's so healing, man. Like uh, yeah. there is a term for it in a couple different cultures where it's literally just the term of being outside in the woods. Mm-hmm. I can't, I can't remember what and it's And one called. of my favorite, one of my favorite things I like to tell people is to go outside or go play outside, go outside, get outside. Yeah, you know, I, I have I have a I have a really strong connection with nature in my own life. You know, and I found a lot of uh, peace out there. You know, and so yeah, I I hear you 100, percent man. I, I, I think it's this. yeah. I think it's a big cultural Northwest thing. Like, <clears throat> at least in our era, growing up, it was go play in the woods the entire <laughs> yeah. night, right? Like what you're saying, yeah. you got the the dirt pile in the back where you're just gonna I go jump you. it. There's the the woods on my arm. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> it's that's right. Yes. I believe (laughs) that's rad, man. But yeah, so I I think a lot of people in our society and again, in modern society in the era of social media, don't look at self-care and mental health as much as they should. People Mm -hmm. subconsciously have become a lot selfless, not as caring about themselves as they had before. Mm -hmm. It's more about what do people think of me? Not what do I think of me? And I think there's a lot of people, um, even myself still, you know, it's a daily effort. That's a hypocritical, hypocritical thing to say, oh, a lot of people. No, I, I'm still working on myself. I go to therapy and I'm still working on, sure. you know, how do I address this issue in my life? Is this something that actually bothers me or is it something that's cool? Mm-hmm. So, There's power in that, man. I love that. That's so cool that um, I love to hear people like talk so intentionally and passionately about like mental health too. Oh, dude, I'll go down a rabbit hole. Don't <laughs> like, well, it's perfect uh, timing also because what is it? It's Mental Health Awareness Month, right? And so... Yeah in October. This will come out in October. This is coming out next week. I think. <laughs> it's a, uh, it's, it's so true, dude. Like mental health is, and it's another thing in the bar industry. So there's a couple things here, right? Like, well, mm-hmm. one of the conversations right now is that men don't have the same, uh, 
looked upon them, right? Like if you're a guy and you say you go to therapy, you'll look, you'll be looked down upon by other guys a lot of times, right? Like mm. that's the whole thing. So that's it's one a bit of that in the I've, masculinity or what's yeah, that? Oh, you, you can't handle it. You're, you're supposed to be tough. And it's like, right. you, there are people that are conscious and like, no, that actually is great. But there are people that are like, oh, you're fucking pussy, pardon the language. But like people are going to talk shit like that. And it's like, no, dude. And so one of the reasons. I think I the start- only, a lot of times, I'm going to interrupt you real quick. No. Cause I feel like a lot of times when people talk to you that way, that's all that's, those are the words that they use to themselves too. When they think about that, because they're scared of personal growth themselves. It's never directed at you when you're, when you're doing something and someone's ridiculing you, it's because they're scared of making that step typically in their own life. I feel. Yeah. A lot of times, a lot of times, um, where are I going with that? Uh, so one of the reasons I started speaking so heavily about mental health, um, the reason I started the nonprofit was a whole nother story, but the reason I started personally speaking about mental health and you know what it is in my life is because of the experience that I had, right? Like I spent over a year in Iraq. I, I was an infantry guy. I have combat experience, right? And if someone's going to tell me I'm a sissy for wanting to talk about mental health, it's just kind of like a laugh, right? It's like, what have you done in your life, man? We're going to call me someone who can't handle something when I've done all these things in my life. Right. So mm-hmm. I think it gave a lot of people in my life, uh, friends uh, that were in the military, whatever it might be a little more confidence to have the ability to speak about it. Right. Like okay. it is there. And it, oh, again, sorry, side note, mix my words around a little bit, but uh, when you start talking about mental health and stuff like that, uh, one of the big goals is to help people realize that they aren't alone. Right. Like there's so many, we have a huge suicide problem in the, in the military community. Um, yeah. And it's it, the, the number, right. Everybody talked about numbers 22 a day. And that's, mm-hmm. It, it can't even be boiled down to a, a number like that, right? Like I've, I can give you names, dude, like buddies of mine that have done it. And it's not something where it's just a number. It's not something that yeah. needs to be dehumanized in that way. And the big worry right now is in this time Your of COVID. Losing. Yeah. It's, it's humans, right? It's not numbers. It's not like, Oh, this statistic is now gone. It's like, no, this, this human being. So people that are suffering and in pain to, you know, the most extreme level. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's, it, it's bleeding over to the civilian community now too. And that's why I've gotten so vocal about it. And how I got here in this whole conversation is that in the service industry too, like you have to be on point all the time, right? Mm-hmm. Your bartender, your server, you have to be pleasant. You have to be smiling, always smile, always smile, always let the customer know they're having a good time. Yeah. What if you're having a fucking shit to your day? Do you have to smile all the time? Do you have mm-hmm. to put on this mask that is literally breaking you internally? So when I when I was doing my last stint of bartending, your little personal story, um, this is a very simple night, right? Easy, easy job. Beer tending at a brewery, seven, 12 taps, tops, right? Chill night. This place has a max cap of like 80, not even 80, probably like 60s. And they're doing a comedy night. They've got a comedy night going on. And comedy night's going on, comedy night's going on, everything's fine. And then the comedian starts saying things that set off stressors for my PTSD. And so I am the only person on staff. I was fortunate enough, and I'm going to pre-arc this by saying the one of the brewery owners was there because he wanted to see the comedy tour. So there was someone else from the brewery there, but I was the only person on schedule. Mm-hmm. So I'm bartending, I'm beer tending, pardon me, hanging out and listening to this comedy tour. And I'm getting more and more bothered by the things this guy is saying. And I'm just like, I'm starting to have like a mini mental breakdown. I, I just... I start like hanging out behind the bar, start scrunching my shoulders up a bit. And then all of a sudden, like he says one thing and it just set me off all the way. And I literally just sat down behind the bar on the floor and just kind of went into like a fetal position, just tucked my knees up in my chest and just sat there rocking for like half an hour as this comedy skits going on. 
And eventually I work up the courage because I'm starting to learn more about self-care and I walk out to the owner and I go, I can't be here right now, dude. If this guy's been talking another hour, I can't be here anymore. Yeah. He goes, all right. And he took care of it and he got someone else to cover it. I think he actually might end up bartending, but mm-hmm. that's something that a lot of people don't think about when they see people in the service industry. Um, when people are at these bars, they just think, oh, this person is there to serve me and that's it. It does not, when people ask, how's your day? Yeah. That's not a conversation people really listen to anymore. It's just a, yeah. oh, hi, how are you? Mm-hmm. Good, bad? Okay, bye. Next thought. Because people don't have the ability to say, oh, I'm having a rough day. Yeah. And it's just... That's true, man. I mean, there's definitely there's definitely a mask that you put on going into work um, a lot of times. And it, it you know, uh, at what point does that start affecting you too, right? Where, you, where, you're, where you're refusing to acknowledge your life you know, at that point, yeah. I've, I've, I, I, I've said on the show before, I think I, I got a phone call that my grandmother passed away like 15 minutes before I started to shift one day. And it was one of those things where I just kind of, I was like, okay, I'll just think about this later. Well, you know, we'll do it. But now I got to go in and have a whole, you know, I got to interact with my regulars, just kind of not acknowledge that this happened. But then, you know, I, later I found myself like crying uncont- uncontrollably in public. Yeah, because, you know, I didn't give myself the proper time to, you know, to deal with those emotions when they were happening or even afterwards, you know, I didn't make time for it. Yeah, and it hurts. It hurts a lot. And like I've I've had a similar thing that happened uh, when I got out of the military. Uh, my brother-in-law, my wife's sister's husband, Matt Arnold, um, him and I started writing. We started writing. I rode bikes my entire life growing up, right? I rode BMX, I cracked my head open, I almost broke it, or I broke an arm. Always rode BMX growing up. In the military, I didn't ride bikes. You know, we didn't make time for it. It was always just training, whatever it might be. So when I got out of the military, we'd ride at least twice a week on the trails. We'd go explore places. We'd go all over the state. Um, we did some races, and that became our thing. We became quick best friends. We always rode together, always just went riding, right? Is is uh, We started calling ourselves Team Couch Life. Because we were so lazy during the week, but as soon as riding was going around, we get off the couch and we go ride. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we spent a lot of time on the trails. We spent a lot of time on bikes. We started out on these hard tails, you know, these lower quality bikes, and we just go ride around wherever. We have a great time, and then uh, eventually he bought a full suspension. Matt did, and then I was like, "Oh, I need a full suspension now." So I ended up getting a full suspension actually given to me, and then I sold that one and I bought one that fit me. And so we just kept leveling up our bikes. Right, we got to the next level. We got to the next level. And we rode and we rode and we rode and we just got very close over time. We were best friends. We were brothers. We were brother-in-laws, quote unquote, but we were brothers. Uh, rode and rode and rode. We always hung out. It was just really good part of my life. And then um, January of 2019, uh, I got a, my wife got a phone call and she started screaming in the bed. And I go, babe, what's wrong? And she says, I can't say it out loud. And I said, what's wrong? She said, Matt killed himself. Uh, and that was probably one of the hardest moments of my life. Um, and I spent about the next two weeks crying every day on the couch. Um, we didn't really do much. I, I left my job bartending because I couldn't function in society. Um, you know, you lose your best friend. That's a big deal. Yeah, man. And uh, so after about a week, I started getting this dumb idea in my head that Matt and I had talked about a lot of uh, – this idea of getting people together riding and having people try biking and seeing how healing it is. 
because that's what it was for me. It's what helped me deal with my PTSD a lot. And so I started this idea of the Senate Society. And uh, if you go on our Instagram or whatever, you might see there is a picture of this purple car, purple and green car with these trees on it. And on the side, there's this guy jumping his bike. And that's my brother, Matt. That is so he never gets to stop riding. And so this whole thing um, of Senate Society is because I don't believe anyone should get to that point in their life where they feel they are so alone and they have no outlet um, and they don't have a group of people they can talk to because a lot of the, you know, you always have that self blame of, Oh, I should have done more. I should have done this. And it's not right to have, right. You need to get those thoughts out of your head, but I still deal with them of what if I just went on another ride earlier? You know, what if we, because we missed a summer of riding pretty much. We only rode like two or three times. We were riding every week. So I blame myself. Oh, it's my fault. You know, we didn't ride enough. Mm-hmm. And so the, the big reason I started Senate society is so people would have better conversations about mental health, right? Oh, if Matt was here and we actually talked about mental health and not just road, we might still be here, right? That's what's in my head. But man, I know that like, it sounds like he really is still there. He is. He he, he never gets to stop writing. He is. It sounds like the, his, his his you know his spirit is is living on through this really powerfully. Yeah. That's uh, that's the goal of it, right? I was. Uh, it's uh, on the front of the card. It's got like never forgotten. He. Uh, one of the really cool things on it that kind of I cried a little bit more on it, of course, as uh, the guy that designed the car said, Hey, do you have Matt's signature? And I said, no, but I'm sure I can get it. You know, I know pretty much everybody in his life. And so we got his signature and it's, he signed, he signed the car, right? Like a NASCAR. It's, it's got his signature on everything. So it's, it's cool to have another little piece of him, right? Like it's yeah. uh yeah, it's like I, I'm huge anti-wearing like dog tags or something like that. But there's the only necklace I've really worn in my life since I got out, and it's just his initials, right? Matthew David Arnold. Mm-hmm. And so it's uh, the little things I can do to remember him and a lot of the things writing. Like I'll be frustrated and going out, and I'm like, oh, you know what? If Matt was still alive, he'd come ride with me. Like get off your fucking ass, Josh. Go ride. Stop making excuses. Go send it, right? So that's how it all started and it's just kind of developed into this thing where we do uh, one of the recent programs we're going to be dropping hopefully next year. I wanted it to be this summer, but then COVID came along and said, no, thank you very much. Um, as we're going to implement something called trail talks. Mm-hmm. And so the idea is that if you see someone with trail talks on their shirt or on their bike, or I'm going to get a fucking tattoo of it. Mm-hmm. If you see that word trail talks, that means you can literally stop them on a trail. Even if you don't know them and go, I need to talk to you. Yeah this is going on in my life. I just broke up with my girlfriend. So-and-so just passed away, whatever it might be. Right. You can stop them and have that conversation real life. Safe person. And not be worried about ridicule or mm-hmm. anything like that. So nice. Yeah. I love that, man. That's, that's, um, I don't know. That's really powerful to see you to, to see what you do with, with your energy, you know? Thank you. Yeah. Appreciate that. Love it. Yeah, if anybody wants to come ride bikes, hit me up, senatesociety.org or on yeah. stream, whatever it might be. Any, any of y'all, any of your listeners, please, we're in the Pacific Northwest. Uh, over the next five years, I plan on trying to open chapters in the entire greater United States, at least in the quadrants. And within the next five years, I also plan on having at least two international chapters. Cool. Uh, so we will have people around and you will have access to bikes. But go ride a bike. Go see what the world's like. and Go play outside. Yeah, go play outside. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. But mm-hmm. I think it's really a big deal in the service industry. And I think it's something that needs to be spoken about of mental health and being okay. And you know, how are you actually doing that day? You know, sure. you don't need to be perfect all the time. 
um, and especially in this time of COVID, that's that's where I was also going with the side note is Absolutely. people are worried and with rightly so in this time of not having human and physical interaction and actually seeing people face to face and mm-hmm. vicinity, not just online, because there is a big difference that people are starting to get more and more lonely, they're starting to get more and more depressed and yeah, suicide rates are up in general, like in our in our culture, yep. higher the higher than I mean I don't know the numbers, so I don't want to quote anything, but I, I know that they're they're way up since yep. the start of this quarantine. And that's that's not okay, general. right? Like it's, it, people need to need to realize it's okay to talk. Need to realize that there are other avenues in life. There, you know, people say, oh, there's other fish in the pond in relationships, right? Oh, if you break up with someone, there's other fish in the pond. There is literally infinite paths in life. If you're listening right now and you're depressed and you're worried about where you are, there are infinite paths in life you can take and you can take them, right? Like I was a infantryman in the military. I was an air traffic controller. And then I went huge left field to bartending and all that. Now I do graphic design professionally. Like you can bounce around wherever you need to in life, mm-hmm. find your happiness, take care of yourself. Yeah. It's not too late to change your trajectory. Never. It could be a, a second later. Or it could be a second, whatever. Just as long as it's to the point where you're still alive and hanging out, it's never <laughs> too late. Yeah. And, and that, that, that Tony Robbins quote, I love so much. It says we're, we're <clears throat> a good timing. <clears throat> <laughs> the best way got accentuated right yeah um he says where focus goes energy flows you know and so where you're where you put your focus is is where your momentum takes you you know if you focus on i don't know i don't need to give examples i give examples all the time it makes sense though right you guys understand yeah, no absolutely and i i think it yeah. makes sense to give examples man everybody <laughs> does it it's oh i can i can relate to this this is how i relate to this yeah sometimes yeah. saying it out loud helps yeah <laughs> i'm a very i'm a very external processor it's, uh, that's a good way to myself be. saying things I'm, I'm not even thinking yet all the time <laughs> yeah i hope i didn't go off on too much of a tangent too much Man, that was, seriousness no, there that was um that was really awesome i really i really appreciate that because um like i said like mental, mental health is is something that you know we all need to really give a shit about these days ask people how they are you know um, reach out to your friends that live alone because <laughs> they're really lonely right now all of them you know um uh, people People need physical contact. That's something that we have as as a species. We need. Um, yep. Luckily, I'm married, and so I live with my my partner. You know, and she's the best. Um, when this whole thing started, I told her. I, I said, because I used to go to work, and I would when I would get to work, I would run around and high five and hug just about every single coworker and regular that was there. Um, you know, and and <laughs> all of a sudden, all of that's gone. You know, and so I, I told her, I said, I need at least two hugs a day during this. You know, you, you know, I just need you to come up and give me like an embrace just so I know, or, you know, just so you can feel it. Cause there's, you know, you can't really describe it. It's just, you have that need for that touch. I'm a huge hugger myself. Like yeah. <laughs> I'll meet people the first time. I'm like, yo, are, are we to the hugging phase yet? Like, yeah. <laughs> like we literally just met. I'm like, I know. Want to hug? Yeah, that's fine. Like, <laughs> it's okay. So I, I, I understand that pain more than I can describe my friend. Yeah. Yeah, it's but you know that it, it's just one of those things that we're you know we're adapting to in life, and I, I, I I'm I'm working at two restaurants now, and we do a lot of uh, gloved high fives. <laughs> but yep. It makes a great sound. The smack sounds fine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, love it. Absolutely love it. <clears throat> but uh, cool. So yeah. let's jump to um, my teachable moments. Then um, the improve the industry. If there's you know a what advice do you have to people even now, I guess, like 
I mean, I guess we just came off a bunch of advice too, but do you have, do you have anything to add? Mm. In the industry, I'll recap, you know, what? Mm -hmm. in the industry, recap of if you aren't getting paid, that's not okay. There's not mm -hmm. a single point in your business life as an employee or as an employer where there isn't some sort of monetary, monetary, monetary interaction sure. that is not acceptable. Um, balance, balance your work and life, right? Like don't, don't feel like your identity as a bartender or server as a part of the service industry is your entire identity. It is, it is a part of you. You are a human, a man, a woman, whatever your gender identity might be first. And then you are within that industry after you personally are more important than whatever identity is built around that. Um, and try to make time for fun. Like a lot of people in this day and era are so focused on career path. You know, I'm going to be a server. I'm going to be a bartender. I'm going to be a bartender at a fancy place. Hmm. I'm going to work up that ladder to somewhere where I am making 70, 80 K a year as a bartender. And that's all that matters, right? I need to study. I need to do this. Find time for things you love. Like even if you love what you do for work, find other passions outside of that. Um, I spend too many hats, right? Like I've got, too much going on and that's okay to have too. But there was a point in my life where all that mattered was working at the collective on tap, work, 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 and then going to school full time, school, 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 school. I literally had no time for myself or for my wife. I was a very poor husband at that point in my life. Mm. Um, so find time for yourself, find time for those you love and do your best to enjoy your life. Do your best to reach out and let people know you need help. Um, people can't read minds, but they want to help you. I promise someone wants to, pardon me, someone would rather have a conversation with you about why you're feeling sad than hear about you dying. Let me rephrase that that way. Someone would rather listen to you talk for three hours crying on the phone than hear the next day that you're gone. So always be okay to reach out to people. Yeah. One more serious note again, but yeah. <laughs> good, it's good. I, I <clears throat> if if we can't use our platform to for for you know for love and, and knowledge, then you know then we're not using it the right way. Um, what? Give me a book, a TV show, and I don't know an album that you've been listening to since mm. or that you're that you know that you've been. Yeah, yeah. yeah you got it. A uh, book. I'll work on the, the structure of that question later. You're old, you don't even stress about it. That's half the fun, right? Yeah. Uh, for a book, uh, honestly, if you want to, if you want a wild read and off the walls read that's a little bit old, read Strange in a Strange Land. Um, if you like something, I wrote that bit, down actually. Yeah. If you like something more fantasy based? Uh, I'm a big Terry Goodfine, Good can't, boop, Terry Goodkind fan. Um, unfortunately, they just passed that away. Out. Terry, rest in peace. Yeah, rest in peace. Uh, great series, though. Um, I read, I read the sort of truth series. Yeah, through up to, uh, all the way through, and until the the new ones that have recently started. I, I like the I Omen Machine and all that. Dark Mistress of Darkness. Or something. Yeah, so that's a great series right there. They're they're thick. They're huge. If you're a fantasy reader, they're going to take you while I get through them. Oh yeah, and it's, um, it's such a great perspective. And it's like 13 books that span like three years. And so it's just a lot. It's a, it's a lot. It's a lot. Of info. It's my modern day J.R.R. Tolkien's. Yeah. Um, great series though. If you want a short read, I'm going to list three books. Sorry. And if you want a short read, uh, Buddhist Boot Camp. I haven't read it in a while, but it was very good. It's a little like sub hundred page book. And it's about just kind of mentality and being present. And it's very well written called Buddhist Boot Camp. Um, 
TV shows. Uh, we're rewatching Letterkenny uh, for the second time. <laughs> I just started that recently. That that show it reminds me of my friend Doug so much. Uh, I don't know. There's there's a lot. Of, I, I you know when you watch a show and you're like I know that guy. Yeah. It's just a different version of your, one of your friends. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. I like it. Yeah, I'm a big big fan of Letterkenny. Um, then for albums, I am a to the death fan of Coheed and Cambria. Um, nice. Highly recommend anything from them. Uh, Second Stage, Turbine Blade, whatever it might be. And I'm actually going to give one other shout out for music, and that is mm-hmm. going to be Born of Ghosts. They're a local band that's kind of just starting out um, on their reformation. And I just shot a music video for them. Awesome. Uh, uh, big, big fan of theirs. It's called Drown. So Born of Ghosts, Drown. Check that out. Really. Really rad music video and really great people. Good sound. It's kind of that older era, Taking Back Sunday, brand new kind of style. If you liked that growing up, uh, yeah, yeah, I think that's my recommendations I got for those things. Right on, I love it. So I've heard, I've heard a lot of a lot of in this day and age, people are getting frustrated out at the restaurants, at bars, whatever. Mm-hmm. Oh, I have to wear my mask, whatever it might be. I'm gonna be real talk with you guys right now, a little brutal. Wear your fucking mask. Realize that even if you don't believe this. This is a pandemic, actually a pandemic. It is a real thing. Wear your mask, give people their space. If people aren't giving you their space, if you you your space, tell them to back off. Tell them you want six feet. It's okay to say. I don't care if it's rude or not. It is okay to say for your safety. When you go out and about, uh, if you have concerns about the place you're going, call and ask about the procedures. Um, shout out to my local bar, Special Brews. They've got six foot distancing in between all their stuff. They got walls up in between all their tables they've got it so if someone is ordering beer for there there's a certain box where they stand up they got someone where they're taking beers to go there's another certain box six feet away and everybody has to wear their mask at all time unless they're sitting at their table realize that even if you're on the other spectrum polarization like we talked about earlier if you're on this other spectrum of oh this is all a hoax whatever it might be your opinion doesn't fucking matter Hmm. be real blunt here real rude pardon me it doesn't this is how things are for right now because I would rather hear you whine about this than have my father pass away or my father-in-law pass away because he has, and dial that back, me pass away. Mm -hmm. I have lung problems from my time in Iraq where my very good friend who is also moderating this, having issues with things like this because it can affect them so much more. Stop being selfish. Realize that this is a time and it's a time, right? This is not forever. It could be for a very long time, but this is not forever. This is a part of our lives right now. So like we were saying earlier in their little modulation, chill out, relax, stop being in such a rush. You know, life is too short to be in a hurry. Take your time, take a breath. If you're getting frustrated, check your Instagram, check your Facebook, check your Twitter. You've got your phone on you. You're checking it anyway all the time. Take three seconds and chill out before you got to do whatever you got to do preach i'll get off my, my horse now no i like it I, I, I think, um, to 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 try to think of this as it's not a political thing like pandemic it's it's you can't politicize a disease no you can try but it just makes you look stupid yeah <laughs> a little bit yeah and i'm a crayon eater and i'm saying that so let's <laughs> talk about stupidity levels there. <laughs> the reference is that marines are so dumb that they eat crayons I have embraced this fully and I will ask for Korean appetizers at restaurants. So come at me, man. <laughs> I like it. Crayon eater. It's funny. Cause 
everywhere in the world is being affected by this. And if you look everywhere in the world where, where people are having success for the most part, there's social distancing, they're wearing masks, um, you know, and, and, and that seems to be what's slowing things down. You know, it's not nothing stopping it yet, but there's things that we're doing that are slowing things down. And it's inconvenient to wear a mask and to, you know, keep distance. Sure. But that's also, you know, you're, you're taking others into consideration. It's not just for you. It's not about your discomfort right now. I mean, we're all uncomfortable. So we don't need to hear somebody else tell I, I, at my work, I wear a mask all, all day long, you know, throughout my entire shift, 10 hours sometimes. I'm wearing a mask on my face. I don't need to hear someone tell me how they don't want to wear a mask because I don't want to wear one either. But I'm wearing one because it gets me back to work and it gets my restaurant open and it gets us the ability to have customers again and try to find, you know, a way to make money in all of this crazy shit, right? Fucking preach, Joey. That makes me so happy there. That's yeah. one huge thing people don't think about. They come and complain to the bartender. I'm wearing the mask. Really? Are you? Yeah. Because I've been wearing it since eleven this morning when we opened. Yeah. I get to take it off when I go to the back room and use the restroom. That's it. Nobody likes them. I, I think except except the cyber goths, and you know that's. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> they, they had a head up on us this whole time. Like they, I think every every cyber goth, you know, they were, they were the first ones on the max on the mask scene with all their respirators and whatnot. So. Yeah, with the whole discomfort thing, man. I, I kind of butt in on you there, but it's people. Mm-hmm. Wearing right. pants is uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. wearing, wearing <laughs> if I could wear sweats off. everywhere, I would. <laughs> Sometimes I wear jeans for your sake. That's <laughs> uh, fair, man. That's funny. Uh, no, thank you guys so much for having me on. This is really cool, and I appreciate you guys listening to me ramble about mental health and not super <laughs> exciting stories, but at least some stuff. Dude, that was great. No, thank you for coming on. I, I this this has all been. Uh, fantastic like i said I, I i i love i love it when when you know us tough guys can get together and talk about our feelings you know i think that that really helps to normalize it for people too and so i there's a lot of power in that and i so like i said i, I really appreciate it you know i i try to i try not to cry all the time but you know i i um i'm, I'm all about you know expressing your emotions you know, and, and just feeling life and, 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 you know, finding an appreciation for all of it. And that's where, that's where you start to get the balance. Uh, no, I'm, I know I've got the upper advantage right now cause I'm not on the lettuce, but there's no fucking problem crying. Like that's <laughs> oh, totally exactly. acceptable to do. So you could have cried 40 of the 50 or 50 of the 50. And it's like, whatever, right? Like just do it. Yeah. Got to send it. Especially now, you know how much, you know how good it feels like, after like a good hard cry too like it's so cleansing yeah especially when you've been holding shit in you know you just just need to like get all that toxic shit out breathe actually not coming down your nose yeah (laughs) it's a real beautiful look Mm -hmm. usually comes after a big hug god we'll get there we'll get there Um, i'm a hugger cool um let's do uh well, last call then. Let's let's uh, let's find let's find the tail end of this thing. <clears throat> Do last call for alcohol. Cheers, cheers, cheers. Drink slash whatever preferred intoxicant. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> um, 
All right. So we've had our drinks. We shared our stories. Um, I just did last call. We had our shot. And now it's your shot to talk about your projects and uh, social media. Um, go ahead and just uh, give, give us the website for your um, nonprofit again, too. Yeah, absolutely. So it's www, as most are, uh, senditsociety.org, senditsociety.org. Um, and we are also on Instagram, send underscore it society. Um, I also have on Instagram, NAR Media House, which is my YouTube brand that I'm developing for my video stuff. And that's NAR Media House on YouTube, youtube.com slash C slash NAR Media House. Hey, you and just then, followed us. Yeah, I did. And I, then, I got that notification earlier. You got a new follower. Uh, then my regular Instagram that I pretty much do most of my storytelling of my life and way too much information is Fumbles, four Fs, F, 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 Fumbles, Fumbles. Uh, and there's kind of a fun backstory behind that, but that's for another day. Uh, and I'll say it again. Thank you guys so much for having me on. It's been a real pleasure and makes me miss the service industry a little bit. I'm still <laughs> having my, my break for a while, but yeah, it's a really sounds good like, Sounds like you, you take your breaks, but you, you never stray too far. Yeah. <laughs> that's what the rumor is. And that's, and you know, this whole podcast is, is my attempt to turn the, turn it into something new where we, we can still have our service industry connections just on a new platform so yeah it's uh no i love it it's all still happening man <laughs> awesome um so that wraps up one more life from the well thanks y'all for listening uh we love you guys and thank you especially to josh for coming on and sharing your stories man um this was a this was a good one i i, I needed this episode today i really did it, it uh kind of restored me a little bit i'm really glad um, to hear that man Thank you for, yeah, thanks for talking. Thanks for sharing your stories. Thank you, Kelly, for uh, for being the badass dead mother you always are and keeping us on track and keeping me on track at least. Uh, <laughs> until next time, cheers, y'all. We love you. Love each other. Um, be good. Cheers. Thanks for listening to Life from the Well, full of service industry stories and cocktail history. If you like our show and want to know more, check out lifefromthewell.com. Life from the Well would also like to thank our sponsors, Scratch Distillery and Barfly Mixology Gear. Join us next time for another new cocktail and guest.